Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ladies and gentlemen, broadcasting from beautiful South Bermondsey, this is Achtun Millwall. Free kick. Williams will take the right side of the right side of free kick. It's about halfway inside the, the Everton halves. Everyone's gone forward. Everton they've got everyone back. It's floated into the mix. Ball bounces down. Welcome, 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 dear listeners. Welcome to a grey, wet and windy day towards the end of October for the visit of Stoke City. Today is, of course, uh, more importantly, in many respects, uh, the club's official remembrance ceremony day being held slightly early this year due to um, the Charlton game, which is on November the 9th, closer to the actual remembrance day itself, November the 11th. That being set aside for the Jimmy Mizzen day... The applause you can hear is as we have some service personnel, naval uniforms, I see some army army uniforms out there, awaiting a minute's silence before today's proceedings begin and a bugle last post, which will signal the beginning of that minute's silence. As ever, this day is marked very well by Mill Football Club and indeed by the fans who are pound for pound, in my opinion, the most generous of, um, of all, the, all the clubs I know in terms of giving, giving willingly to charity, but most especially this day is, is very close to the, the hearts of all Millwall fans across the globe, I would suggest. Just before the teams come out, I want to take my hat off to uh, Melanie Bingham and her team of poppy sellers outside the ground. I bought mine earlier on. I want to take my hat off to all of those poppy sellers outside the ground today. Um, it's been, not been a very pleasant day for it, but they've stood tall in the, in the wet, selling poppies to Millwall fans. And I'm, I'm anticipating a good take today because that's what we do down here at the Den, dear listeners. Last year, I believe there was some confusion as to the last post signifying um, silence. Um, however, I think, I think some people took that as a cue for applause last season. Um, the club have made a couple of announcements that the, the uh, bugle call is to begin a minute's silence. So let's hope that works out today. I don't see any major issues with um, applause. 
that's you know better to be silent in my opinion. You might disagree, but my opinion. Players lining up in the tunnel, Lions players all wearing poppies on their shirts. They come to two teams led out by an honour guard of uh, one naval and the three soldiers coming out. Stokes it in their red and white stripes today, Lions in their normal dark blue and white sleeves. Looking like a decent crowd in the house. Today is, of course, the beginning of the Gary Rowett era, and Stoke were, of course, the club that sacked him uh, last January for not basically being successful enough by their uh, definition. The next Premier League club descended into the Championship, and he wasn't producing top six, top two uh, performances from them at the time of sacking. Whether that was right or wrong, um, who knows? They brought in Nathan Jones, and at the moment, they come in today's game 23rd in the table. So, um, I suppose what goes around comes around, or whatever the expression is. Just eight points for Stoke. They've um, played 13, won just two games all season, drawn two, lost nine. Four go 14 goals against 23. Just eight points for the Potters of Stoke City under their new manager, Nathan Jones. Loud and fine voice. Beautiful silence without the window, dear listeners, as you can hear. It's the, it's the thought that counts, is all I can say. Mm. Referee should bring this to a conclusion, I think. Well, that was shambolic, in my opinion. On both sides, both sides, there we are. Okay, let's get on with the fucking football. Lions will be attacking the away end in the first half. Stoke attacking the cold blow. 
Today's team, I forgot all about that, didn't I, and all that nonsense. Um, the, the ceremony is not nonsense, let's be clear. It's when people want to uh, spoil it with their own fucking views and their own fucking opinions on both sides, all sides, and it defeats the object of what should be something meaningful and trying to organise that in a football context as well. It can be done, has been done, couldn't be done today, dear listeners. Anyway, today's team, Bartos, Bill Kolsky in, in goal, Murray Wallace, Sean Hutchison, Jay Cooper, Marlon Romeo across the back line, in, in the middle of the return of uh, J- Jason Malumbi and, and Ben Thompson, in the middle on the wings, therefore will be Jed Wallace and Sean Ferg- Shane Ferguson, up front, Tom Bradshaw. Line straight into the attack. Early rebound, this falls to Baldwin from the wing, that's gone for a goal kick. Well, a great midweek point in the, in the event, a good fight back from behind twice for the Lions against Cardiff on Tuesday night, the last game of Adam Barrett's tenure. And today is the start of a, of a new era, Gary Rowett. All the talk start, ends today for him and um, action begins. And uh, the loose ball gives Shane Ferguson the ball on the on the left. His, his slightly wayward pass to Murray Wallace forces a, a mill throw in three minutes. Gary Rowett speaking to News at Den says the because uh, he only had two days obviously to work with the squad uh, formally and officially but he's praised the training session on Thursday which he says is probably as good as anywhere in terms of application anywhere he's been in application and quality as a manager always looking ahead that's the first time you can change things but initially I want to put my stamp on it the team with the players we've got and hopefully we'll be in such a good position we'll be looking at January saying we don't need anyone else I, I think that might be stretching it somewhat um, but if you're going to play a slightly different way you've always got to look at one or two additions to the squad so a slightly different way of playing and possible additions in January is his first thoughts and you can't blame him for that a little bit of control was also mentioned having a little bit more control Stoke passing has been a little bit wavered as we tick towards 10 minutes lines given chances to capitalise not uh, not taking those chances as yet but certainly errors seem to be the order of the day from Stoke so far who knew Gary Rowett is a, an ultimate fighting contest fan I, I'm not a huge fan of that sport are you dear listeners do you love it I, I can't be bothered with it personally a little bit like um, to a degree rugby union I know that we, today's the day that England got through to the rugby union world cup final and um, I'm pleased that England made it but it doesn't move me UFC doesn't move me Anyway, all of that aside, Gary Rowett is a fan and he's referred to um, the, 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 the sacrifices made by the UFC fighters, which I do respect deeply. Um, and he asks the question, what are we prepared to give? What are the players prepared to give? Or what are we prepared to do to climb the table and improve, to get where we want to be? So he's going to be asking a lot of the players. He's referred already to um, them being asked to do things they don't want to do on days they don't want to do it. So I think hard work being the order of the day for Gary Rowe, which I think fits entirely in with the identity of the club, in my opinion. You tell me. What do you think? Do you agree with that? 14 and a half minutes. It's been mostly Millwall at this, the start of the game. It's a scruffy game. Murray Wallace now from the left. Mill keeping the ball in positions of... Um, Danger. This is Jed Wallace on the edge of the penalty. Shot is on. Wide. Wide. Just. Close. 15. Coming towards 16 minutes. Shot from Jed Wallace on the outside of the box. Watch the replay. Curling shot. It wasn't far away on that left, uh, right side post. Marlon on the right. 16 and a half minutes. Running in towards the Stoke penalty area. Just on the right side of it. He's jinking his man. Beats his man. He's through into the penalty area. Ball into the near post. Into a melee of legs there, Bradshaw's legs in there, collected by the goalkeeper in the event. 16 minutes, coming towards the 17th minute. And Ferguson, who finds Murray Wallace coming down the left now, 17 minutes. 
Ferguson inside him, but Wallace dips inside, he tries a shot, that's not far wide, letter of the right side of post, almost an identical of the Jed Wallace shot, maybe a little bit less power. Fair play to Murray Wallace for taking on the shot, he's had a go, it's not far away in the event, about a yard wide of the right post. Here come the lines down the right, this is, this is now Marlon on the right side, he's crosses in, skids in, and the goalkeeper and Bradshaw clatter, ball rolls loose, collected, no one else was in attendance. Little moment where I thought we were drawing a foul to be honest, but the ball skidded loose. Goalkeeper berating the linesman on 19 minutes, we're not giving him anything there. 21 minutes coming up for the halfway point of the first half. It's been mostly Millwall. Scrappy game, but mostly Millwall looking um, the more dangerous. A couple of shots from distance being our closest efforts. Absolutely chucking it down out there, dear listeners. 27 minutes now up on the stadium close. It's going to be Marlon Romeo who takes. This is back to Jed now on the right side. He gets a chance for a crossing across the box. 1 0, volley home, Ben Thompson! Great move down the right, ball into the box, volleyed home from close range by the boy himself, Ben Thompson. Let's watch that again on the big screen, dear listeners. 1 2 between Marlon and Jed on the right side. The ball is powered in and hit really hard from near the centre spot by Ben Thompson. 1 0 Millwall! Nice finish. One of the questions put to Gary Rowley in one of his early press conferences was the, the routes through. What are the routes through for the youth players to make it into the, into the first term? He gave a slightly um, uh, you know, a standard reply in that the young players do have a route through. Ben Thompson being the classic example although he had to go to Pompey to, to um, earn that right. But I think that's how um, Rowett will see it. I think young players who show promise and work hard and are prepared to go on loan and get first-team football elsewhere will see the opportunity for first-team stars. It's, 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 but as he said, it's got to be earned rather than given. James McLean uh, warming up in front of the West Up. I can't think of anywhere he could warm up. Maybe in front of his own Stoke fans. Drawing some flack, shall we say. What's your position on James McLean, dear listeners? My position is it's a matter of personal choice as to whether you are a poppy or not. I choose to. I always have chosen to, ever since I was young enough to know what it meant, what the symbolism of it is, why we, why we, we give money to the poppy appeal. Um, and it's a personal choice, in my opinion. It's my personal choice to wear one because I wear it for reasons that I believe um, are appropriate. McLean's choice, whether, he, whether you like it or not, is not to wear one. Now, maybe you can argue he's going to get stick for it, but I, I do believe that in a free country we have the right to choose what we wear, and it's his choice. Anyway, enough of that. It's Ben Thompson inside the box. He's drinking through. Going for a corner. Howling for a penalty. I thought I saw a hand in there. Ben was trying to dribble on the, on the left side. 32 minutes. So that's my position. It's up to him, but... Um, he certainly will draw some flack, and he is drawing flack here today, whether, whether the rights and wrongs of it are. 32 and a half minutes. Sean Williams to take down in front of me in block one. It's lofted into the middle towards the big head of Jake Cooper. It's headed away by the Stoke defence. Back into the mix. Falls through to Sean Hutchinson in front of goal. Couldn't get any power on the header, and he's collected on the line by the goalkeeper. Um, there's a kind of a, a forward, um, it wasn't a cross, it was actually played in, full, in front of him. And he did get a header on goal, but um, no power behind it. Quite a difficult one to put any kind of impetus behind. And as you can hear, the, the, the Lions crowd appreciating the work, hard work being put in by the, the defensive mentality of the, of the Lions this afternoon. 
fact, we forced them all the way back inside their own half now, halfway inside their own half, and that's a long ball forwards. That's going to go nowhere. Good passage of play from Millwall there. Feature of the first half has been the quality of the Mill tackling high up the pitch. Um, repeatedly, Stoke have been trying to get out of their own half, only to be tackled on the halfway line just inside their own half. We're doing a good job of penning them back. It's been forced all the way back to the goalkeeper. That's, that's one of the um, standout parts of the first half. Half-time, there is a whistle. Millwall won Stokes City nil at a half. Um, good half by Millwall. Good half, really. Good organisation. The, the very trademark that um, Rowett came into the club with, uh, you know, to, to, to improve. We saw a lot of that in that half. Um, some high tackling up, up front. And we forced them backwards and backwards repeatedly. So, yeah, good play by Millwall at the half. We have it half-time. Millwall won Stokes City nil. Millwall is the number one Millwall podcast. Accept no substitute. A few halftime tweets for you, dear listeners. Mr. Frankie Christou. Halftime 1 0, says Frankie. Mill have been the better of the two sides in the opening 45 minutes. Some real slickness in their play. Jed and Romeo causing all sorts of problems down that right hand side, says Frankie Christou. Jake Saunders, uh, the Lions deservedly head at the den, 1 0 Mill. Jack Clark for everyone saying we were going to be playing boring defensive football under Rowett. He's not seen any of that yet. We played more football in 18 minutes under Rowett than we did in nearly five years under Harris. I, 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 slight exaggeration, Jack, but I'll, I'll go with your enthusiasm there, mate. Sean Crookie says it's nice to have decent crowds, but fuck me. These day trippers are doing Sean's nothing, he says. I know what you mean. I haven't got many around me today, Sean, but um, wherever you are, you've probably got to come sit with you, I reckon. Grumpy Grimace enjoyed that half of football. Malumbi and Williams bossing midfield. Jed running right. Bradshaw coming short. Thompson being Thompson. Amazing what a bit of confidence can do, says Grumps. We look a different team. And Xavi, MFC, all the way from Catalonia, Barcelona. Thoughts with you out there. Xavi, we're the best team in London, says Xavi. No, the best team of all. And finally, Hobbsio is taking a lady to the Millwall tomorrow for her first ever taste of real passion. She can't wait. Meal in Kitchener's first, then CBL on the CBL end. None of the soft seat crap. He's um, suave fucker, aren't I? Says Hobbs. Yo, you certainly are, Hobbs. Certainly are, mate. Game on, I'd say. You are listening to At Tongue Millwall. Welcome to the den, James. <laughs> McLean enters the fray for the second half. Teams are out, as you would have gathered. Stoke will be kicking us off, attacking their, their fans in the away end. And as is Ryan proper, since the time of ancient Anglo-Saxon England, the Lions will be attacking a cold blow lane end in the second half. Away we go. Absolutely extraordinary statement from the Mill Supporters Club um, put out last night. I don't know if you've seen it on Twitter. It's, um, it's a very well-worded, very well-put repost to a BBC journalist. I'm going to use that phrase in the loosest sense of the term, who's um, made contact with the MSC trying to find um, racist Millwall fans to interview for a TV programme. I mean, the whole thing is absolutely ludicrous. It's some kind of, um, I would imagine, colour by numbers, to for want of a better way to put it, programme on the problem of racism in the game. And um, your man thought come down the den to... Get an easy program. There's a ball into the box there. That's headed away by Jake Cooper for a right-sided corner. Coming towards 49 minutes. The MSC rightly have given it short shrift. 
and have referred to uh, the good work that the club and fans, incidentally, do every day of the week for charity and for you know the, the, the causes of education, anti-racism and so on. So well said and well played in the MSC. That corner is headed away to the near post by Ben Thompson. 15 minutes, here comes Stoke. They've, got, they've had more of the possession since the second half began without anything... Um, wildly ecstatic, they get a chance to break down the right, so it's nicely delivered there by Sean Rush, who managed to draw the foul and take the sting out of the situation, that is McLean who did that, hence the um, reaction 50 minutes, straight into the box, he splats across the face of the goal guess who's in possession, plays the ball out wide right, 58 minutes Stoke passing the ball backwards and forwards, further forwards than we've allowed them to so far in the game. Which I think is you know, why the crowd is responding like it is. A little sense of um, something building. Just on the right side of the mid this is Lee, Lee, not Lee Gregory, has a ball into the box. There's a round, that's Gregory's, but it wides. Take and turn inside the six-yard box, puts wide right, and he's hobbling away from that, that moment. Deflected wise, gone for a right side of cool in actual fact. Ticking towards 59 minutes. He's up, in comes the corner, dips in and Bart takes. He drops it and took. 59 minutes. 62 minutes, mill substitution. Ferguson's coming out, Conor Mahoney's gonna come in. Good applause for Shane Ferguson. A little bit of stoke pressure last few minutes. They've had a lot of possession in the middle uh, last quarter. Best chance of the game really falling, I think, to Gregory early on. It was deflected wide as he as he took and turned inside the, the six-yard zone. Good solid tackle there on James McLean from Sean Hutchison, earning good applause from the from the West Upper. 65 minutes. Lines have been pinned back rather in this, this second half without any real clear-cut chances uh, being created by Stoke, but they've had a lot of possession. Uh, we haven't really had the ball inside their half to anything like the same extent that we achieved in the first half. And the line's very much keeping them at bay. I think that's probably the big uh, takeout so far from the game. Organisationally, we look a lot more um, with it in defence. Bradshaw is coming out. John Daddy is coming into the game. Seventy minutes. Well, no record therefore for Tom Bradshaw. He's put in a big shift, but with no real opportunities to come his way in this game. I suppose that is that's the way football goes sometimes. Here goes Jed across the halfway line. Both Arsenal gets clattered. Jed's on his dribble, coming down the right wing. Seventy-two minutes. He's picked down in penalty area. It's a penalty. Millwall. Fantastic jinking run. Both Arsenal claimed the free kick earlier on. Jed continued with a run into the penalty. It gets clipped from behind. Penalty awarded on 72 minutes, just come towards the 73rd minute. Jed just taking a moment to get his breath, settle himself. He's walking across now to place the ball on the centre spot. That was a wonderful dribbling run into the penalty area. Forced the error from the defender and concede the penalty. He's just taking a moment to um, take a breath, settle himself. Here we go. Fantastic, he's buried, buried, top right-hand corner, 2-0 Millwall, another masterclass in penalty take from Jed Wallace. Goes over uh, left to celebrate with the fans, let's watch that again on the on the big screen. Either, as I said, he'd settled himself, blasted it into the top left-hand corner. 2-0 Millwall. 
goalkeeper went the right way, but um, flailing arms nowhere near it in the end. Well placed, Jed Wallace. Good atmosphere this afternoon. It's been a, a football day. It's been um, windy, grey, wet, not cold. Floodlights on. It's a Bermondsey afternoon, dear listeners. You know what I mean by that too, don't you? Wherever you are in the world. From the Gambia to Bhutan, Macau, wherever people listen to us, you know what I mean by a great Bermondsey afternoon. Shot from distance, instinctive shot from the four. Not so far away as um, I might have hoped. It was, it, was, it was on the left side, it is wide. Uh, Sean Hutchinson will take, kind of going forwards. It's taken short, finds its way over to Murray Wallace from the left. Ball lumped forwards towards John Daddy. Ball bounces around. This is Ben Thompson on the edge of the penalty area. He's shot over the bar just. Got a floating shot in towards the right-hand corner of the goal, but it's just inches over the bar. 81 minutes. Three minutes injury time. can we make of the um, start of the Gary Rowett era a lot of work still to be done clearly but I think that we can see already the emphasis on organisation structure um, we've looked defensively tighter for across the midfield today um, taking our chances when they've come our way great goal by Ben Thompson in the first half and a very well executed penalty by Jed Wallace from that break in the second so I think um, the early signs are that this will be a much harder to beat team that will look to break faster and quicker and to obviously take chances when they come our way this is, speaking of chances this is Bill Daddy going down into the corner I think he'll run it and keep it there corner for the Lions late 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 it should be um, time up any minute now there's the final whistle. 2-0 win for Gary Rowett. Good performance by Millwall. Hard-working performance. All the attributes you want to see from Millwall's side. Lions seen it with a goal from Ben Thompson in the first half and that uh, penalty from Jed in the second. Good, solid, hard-working win by Millwall. Exactly what we want to see from the Millwall team. Stoke poor. Millwall great. Did well in my opinion. There we are, dear listeners. Familiar tune. We're going to call it quits now. We'll be back after these messages. At Tongue Mill Wall, broadcasting from beautiful South Bermondsey. Stay tuned. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra. And I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. 
Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. All right, well, we're speaking to the rising radio star 2019, no less, Mr. Aaron Paul, who is on the A2. I think you're... you're no, you're, I'm, I'm in Kennington. Somewhere. You're in Kennington. You're in transit. Thanks for taking the call, Aaron. You, you, you that was that was a that was a strong win today, and you had a chance to catch up with Gary Rowett after the game. And I did. Chance. I caught up with him before the game and after the game. Really, um, really good speaking to Gary. He's a great, very articulate. Yes. Uh, very personable guy. Um, was really, really, you know, he's really happy to be there. What first day I got from him, he's so happy to be at Millwall. Um, I asked him why, and he, you know, I talked about obviously the fact that you know he gets his name chucked in, his hat, well, his hat chucked in the ring for all these these jobs, and yeah. you know the the managerial merry-go-round, you know, is is full full flow, and he, he look how many jobs that have gone in the past year, how many of them have gone, and, and, and how many of them has he been linked with, and he's chosen the one. He he talked about you know the fans, the club, and you know I think. What I what I spoke about on the actual radio was this could be a really beneficial sort of mutually beneficial partnership for Millwall and for Gary Rowett, someone who, um, who who you know needs to build his stock and someone who can potentially influence how the club is going to play their football in the next few years and maybe change things and, and maybe add a bit of consistency to what what the club is doing. Um, so I spoke to him before the game. Very good. Um, obviously, we talked about the fact that it was Stoke, a bit of poetic yeah. irony. Bit of like needle. That, you know. yeah. Yeah, yeah, a bit of needle. And do you know what? He, 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 he was very sort of diplomatic about things, you know, very diplomatic about things. And obviously, you know, maybe there's NDAs in place, you know, obviously he's, mm, he's, he's yeah, still agree, under a yeah. year. He only left Stoke in January. You forget that. He left Stoke in January for, for, for Nathan but, Jones to take over. I mean, my impression of Stoke today um, was of, of a club in free fall. I, I thought they were beyond poor. And, I mean, obviously, I, I wasn't following um, Rowett when he was at Stoke, but I, yeah. can't, be- I can't believe, with, with his footballing philosophy, what he was trying to bring in, and what we even saw in the 48 hours that he's had at the Den today, that it, it sounds like there are deeper, deeper issues at Stoke than any one man, any one manager can solve. I feel for Nathan Jones, to be fair. Massive problems. I I feel for Nathan Jones. Again, I spoke to him post-game and, you know, a nice guy, but he looks, he looks like a broken man. Beaten, I imagine. He looks broken. And I actually, my my question was, I'm not, I I just said to him, like, I'm not going to, you know, give you any football spiel and any sort of, uh, what's the word, uh, any any stereotypes or cliches, but how are you? And he, Mm. he just, he looked so hurt. Because no matter what you practice in training, no matter what you do, it just doesn't happen on the pitch. They lost midweek. Uh, they lost today. And today, they weren't bad. They were a fucking shambles. They were, awful. They were abysmally bad. I mean, genuinely. Like, I'm not, I'm going to make no bones of it. Millwall weren't amazing. Yeah, they weren't great by, by, by any stretch of the imagination. They were efficient. They got the job done today, Millwall. That is a, a solid... Six and a half, seven out of ten. You know what? Get the job done. Tick over yeah. performance. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Stoke, though, were woeful. Now, you know, I'm in and around with all these journals, and mate, the calls are get rid of him and bring flipping Pulis back before they go to League One. 
I'm sorry, I can see it becoming another Sunderland. I can see them going down. I think they are heading for relegation, destined for the trapdoor. They can't decide what's going on with the keeper situation. They've got Jack Butland, who was once England's number two. I was going to say, I was just looking at the subs, Butland. He should have been player. number one. I really like Jack Butland. I thought he was an absolutely brilliant keeper. But his career seems to have gone a bit sort of wayward, um, you know, in, in, in the past few months. They've got Adam Federici in goal, who, you know, for me, lovely guy. Absolutely lovely guy, but never has ever, <coughs> excuse me, seemed like that out-and-out number one that you want, you know, keeping guard for your team. Yeah. Um, you know, you look through the team, Bruno Martins Indy's going to be on a big, big lump of wage. Big moolah. You look at someone like Joe Allen still there. And to be fair, Joe Allen's probably one of the only ones who can come out with any credit because I think he did well. He, he did well in the grand scheme of things, you know, in terms of actually trying to drive forward, actually trying to create something, taking control of the situation. But, you know, Gregory was poor. Gregory was really poor. Vokes, when he came on, offered nothing. Scott no. Hogan is a shadow of the player we saw at Brentford. Um, you know, just look at it. It's just... A it, mismatch. It fascinates me how a club can suffer such a catastrophic loss of spirit. I, I'm trying to find the right word. Just confidence, spirit. What, the, the, the drive that makes ordinary players into better players. I mean, we, we, you're right. I didn't think Millwall were brilliant, but they certainly showed a lot more energy and spirit today than, the, than this Stoke. Um, it's almost like a tea bag that's been washed out about three or four times. There's nothing to them and, and what what how do you get into that position it's so the thing the thing is nick the thing is nick, let's let's go back to january i think they were 10th you know when they sat rowan yeah i think they were 10th or 11th and yeah. basically the, the the memo coming out of the portal was this ain't good enough it ain't good enough we should be in the automatics we should be fighting for top two yeah Why? yeah because we've been in the premier league we've got that right you know what mate no one's got the divine right no one has got the divine right to, to, to play in the Premier League. No one has got the divine right to sort of bounce straight back. And Stoke City thought that they did. But it turns out, guess what? That they don't. They don't have that divine right. And and they sat Gary Rowett. He's come to Millwall. And with all due respect, the grass isn't greener on the other side. You know, Nathan Jones is... is someone say, someone called him a dead man walking. I'm not sure if that's sort of, you know, mm. right for me to say that. But... I feel for him because you've got to imagine he's turfed, he's uprooted everyone and turfed them up to Stoke from Luton. You know, I mean, he uses the, I mean, just looking at the, his comments, post-match comments, talking to Radio Stoke. You might have sat next to Radio Stoke today. Yes, um, yeah. <laughs> um, he, des he describes it as uh, the, the Jed Wallace run for the, the penalty. Um, the naivety we showed in letting Jed Wallace run from his own half to go past three players get into our box, summed us up today, not good enough. And that must be really frustrating. Like you say, you've worked all week in training, you're doing the yep, basics. Exactly. And then come match day, you let the opposition's most dangerous player basically mm. go on go on a, you know, a, a, an unopposed run down the right wing and then you have to clip him inside penalty area. Do you know what that smells of, Nick? Do you know what that smells of? Dressing room loss, mate. Yeah. Uh, loss. But who, I mean, police coming back, who would they bring in? It's, it's a who very... Do you, who do you bring in? Tell me, who do you bring in right now? Uh, they've got the money to bring in Big Sam. Will they? Not sure. Not sure. Pulis, will he come back? Not sure. You know, who cares? Who cares? Uh. This is another symptomatic tale of a club becoming a bit Billy Big Bollocks, going up to the Premier League, signing these players. Do you remember when they sent a fucking Imbula 
you know, from, yeah, from, yeah, from Porto, yeah. I think it was, or somewhere like that, or Sevilla. You know, they had Nzonzi in midfield, and Bula, signed Joe Allen, Charlie Adam, Peter Crouch up top. They paid big money for uh, Butler. I'm sure they paid, they paid decent money for Butler. You know, at the time, it was a, a good fee for Jack Butler. But, you know, this is a club that's had sights on, on becoming a Premier League club. And do you know what they've done? They've lost their identity. Completely Absolutely. lost their identity. They've it's looked a, to reform it, Nick, and, and, and it's fucked up. It's, destru- it's very destructive. Face. I'm just looking at the league table. Stoke second from bottom. Eight points. Four points adrift of Middlesbrough. Also now in the bottom three. Um, another club that doesn't look great um, with Reading and, and, and Huddersfield just above them in the table. It's it, it's it, it's going to be a very interesting season. One other bloke I just want to um, mention that you also spoke to, Aaron, was um, our uh, Polish goalkeeper, Bart Bielkowski. Um, what a guy. What a <laughs> you guy. liked him, I understand. I love him. He's such a <laughs> cool guy, you know that. He's such a cool... What a guy. I mean, genuinely, I went up to him just... You know, casually saw him in the tunnel, and I, yeah. I went and you know we had a quick chat about that um, that that little time wasting tactic he picked up while he was at Ipswich, where you know there's a player waiting for him to, to to grab the ball and he stays and he waits and he waits and he waits. Yeah, he did that in the and, second half. I saw. Yeah. Do you, do you know what, Nick? <laughs> if there's anyone who's going to build consistency, it's someone like him. It's someone like him who's going to consistently, you know, do his best. And he's he's such a brilliant pro, Nick. He's such a brilliant pro. Um, I'll be straight with you. When when Mill signed Frankie Fielding, I was ever so slightly worried. But you know they've got Bart, and he, he is an absolutely fantastic goalkeeper. I'm not sure what the situation is with the deal in terms of in the summer making it permanent, or you know, um, yeah. if, if what the case is. But if Ipswich come back up, I'd be a little bit concerned because they'd probably yeah. want him back. You know, but uh, he, he's he's such a cool guy, very cool guy. You can tell, you know. There's a bit of confidence. He reminds me a lot of Edwin van der Sar because he's got a bit of calmness about him. He's got a bit of confidence about him, but you can rely on him to do the basics, right? And make sure that, you know, you're not fucking up at this end so that you can go up the other end and take something out. By the way, I just wanted to um, touch on uh, Thompson, ben Thompson yep. who yep. I feel was excellent. Now, my question to you is, yep. is Ben Thompson slowly becoming into the best number 10 in the league. Best number 10 in the league. Um, To play in that hole, just behind the striker, is he becoming the best number 10? He's he's certainly found a role there, hasn't he? He's he's always had that natural innate energy and and um, clearly that's that's he's developed a level to his game at Portsmouth that um you know we, we for reasons that we, we, we he hadn't had the starts he hadn't got it at, at the den he's certainly developed a, a a range to his his game which i think can only improve under Gary Rowett um he's a fantastic fantastic player i mean we, we would be lost with him it's also great to see Jason Malumbi back in the side today oh, also fought, turned a, in a little what a, what a little a, performance a, there you know but even even for a player as young as him, for him to, to sort of, you know, pull out performances like that, he's very mature. He's got very good head on him. And Brighton, they've got an excellent player there. Yeah. I mean, how, we, how we've missed him out from the season so far is probably the subject of a, the summit for the fans show in the week. Um, um, but, yeah, I, no, Thompson, I, 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 you know, what I want to know is at, in that sort of role he plays just behind the striker, is he... Is he going to be wasted there because he is very, he's not, you know, the biggest of players? Is he going to be wasted there? Should he be playing a deeper role? He reminds me a lot of Juan Mata, someone, someone like yeah, that, someone who yeah, yeah. 
very, very good. I mean, the volley was excellent. It was beautifully taken, goal. Yeah. It's it's flown in and it, it bang, you know, one touch of bang, let's go. You know, he, he's he's managed to um, he's managed to fight in the back of the net. But is he someone who's whose technicality is going to be wasted in that number 10 role? Should he be playing a deeper role in midfield? <sighs> yeah, I'm not technician enough to give you an answer on that front. I know what I see, I know what I like. And Ben Thompson in that role up front excites me. And, mm. you know, he's willing to shoot. He's willing to get involved in the game further down the pitch. And that's 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 Millwall's, that's part of our, our DNA. So I think, you know, he's, he's certainly one of our players for for the season, for the future. The other player I just wanted to mention also, obviously Jed, um, that, that run was fantastic. Brilliant run. Uh, and, you know, always looking dangerous. The free role that he's been given there really, really suits him. And, um, you know, it's, it's um, it, it bodes well. So the Gary Rowett era begins now, and I, I was quite impressed with it overall. So um, thank you, Aaron. No, I, just, I, I, I want to say very quickly, Nick, just very quickly, um, thank you to all the Millwall fans who have messaged me and, you know, sent me some sent me congratulations messages. It really is, really is appreciated. And uh, thank you to you, Nick, for, for uh, having me every week on uh, Acton Millwall. It's genuinely oh, mate. You're an welcome. absolute <laughs> privilege and a pleasure. To, no, it's such a great thing. It's it's something I absolutely, you know, been with pride about being on your pod and, and, and talking about Millwall every week and, and, and talking about Millwall in a positive light every week. It's absolutely, you know, world-class and I... I Really appreciate, and I really appreciate all the backing you guys give me. You know, great bunch of lads from yourself to um, to young Harold to Mickey Avery and to new signing Mike as well. Mike Hayden, lovely. <laughs> and new signing Mike. Absolutely, he's becoming a bit of a scalak, you know. <laughs> <laughs> when he when he when he plays, he's really good, but then you don't see him for six or seven weeks exactly, or something. Exactly, yeah, the, exactly. the jury's scalak of the show. You're he's very welcome for six months. <laughs> yeah. Well done the other night, mate. That was that was no, that was. You. you don't get you don't get that without hard work. I said to you privately, you don't get that without hard work. And um, I really appreciate it. You know, you know? Um, seriously, really, really appreciate it, guys. You're welcome, mate. So, thank uh, you very much. Thank you, Aaron. He's on. He's, he's, where are you now? Probably going around Clapham somewhere like that, I guess. No, I, I'm I'm just about to head over uh, a bridge. I believe it's is it Chelsea Bridge. All oh, right, over the river. So tune in to Radio Five Live tomorrow for Aaron Paul. Covering Swans, who are they playing? Swansea versus Cardiff. South Wales. Wales is on one. Don't forget, Wales are playing tomorrow morning as well. Of course, they've got the rugby, rugby. haven't they? Um, And so, you know, they're going to be on the ale from from early doors. And then Swansea Cardiff, what what more of a fixture? What can you want? want? Tune in to Radio 5 for Aaron Paul. Thank you a lot, mate. Thanks a lot. Thank you, Nick. God bless, mate. Take care. Bye. Tongue Millwall is the number one Millwall podcast. Accept no substitute. Big welcome on the show to, I hope, one of our regular voices now. The, the best Millwall blog on the net, in my opinion, my humble opinion, Mr. Ryan Loftus. Welcome back to the show, Ryan. Cheers, Nick, and uh, thank you very much. Follow Ryan. What's, what's your, your Twitter? Is it Ryan James Loftus or one? Yeah, at Ryan James Ryan. Loftus on Twitter. And, and the, the, uh, the blog is well worth a read, listeners. Um, and you're pretty quick, mate. I, you, you, you're, you're the fastest fingers on, on, in the West with these. I, 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 these I try blogs. to be while I can. Uh, yeah, um, very, very well constructed, very well written. So um, Ryan James Loftus on Twitter, at Ryan James Loftus on Twitter. Check him out. Um, we're speaking, obviously, today in the aftermath of a really good, strong win, in my opinion there, Ryan. Um, 
and what did you make of the game today? What do you think of that middle performance and the start of the Gary Rowett era? Yeah, I um I thought it was really really impressive. I thought um off the back of a midweek game that you know a lot of people weren't too happy with, and uh, you know it was a decent point against Cardiff, but it today, was. okay, we're up against a Stoke side who aren't doing the best, but you know they've had a couple of decent results lately against Fulham and Swansea. And Millwall were genuinely really impressive from uh, front to back. And I think it was the sort of performance that Millwall fans have been waiting for all season, that positive football, attacking football, getting on the front foot in games at home especially, just just getting at a team and dominating at home. And I think it was a really, really good performance and one that the fans were begging for, really. Absolutely. I mean, I thought in the first half, we, we really took the game to them. The, there were a couple of moves before the goal where we went close, but the, the goal was a fantastic um, right-sided move. I think it was a Jed and Marlon 1-2, I think, and a cross-in from the right, which um, obviously Ben Thompson caught in the volley. It was a, it was a spectacular goal, uh, oh, really well yeah. executed and well taken. Definitely exquisite, exquisite finish from Thompson. You watch it back and it's how he's managed that the accuracy to keep it down, like the ball so close to his body, he just whips his foot around it. And it was a great ball in from Jed, his first or maybe a second touch, I think, that just opened up the space yeah. for him to get the ball in. I thought it was it was quite clear to see that Millwall were looking like they were looking to build down that right side. You know, where Jed has been playing quite a free role lately. He's uh I think we saw against Cardiff and even more today where Rowitz obviously had them in the training. It's definitely keeping him on the right and using his pace to get those balls in. And uh, it paid off today. It Absolutely. I mean, only 48 hours of Gary Rowett to put some form of stamp on on the, the way the team approaches the game. But I thought there was a, um, whether it's players trying to impress the new manager or whether there was a, an improved structure uh, or whether it was just that Stoke were poor and they were very poor, I thought. But certainly um, we, we did come out of the starting blocks well and... We could have been more than one goal ahead, but at the end at half time, really. And I think that that to me implies uh, the hard working nature of that first half performance very much implies where I think Gary Rowett wants to take the club generally, as he wants to build on these kinds of mill traits, and they are mill traits. Yeah, I think, um, like you say, I think only 48 hours under Rowett in training, off the back of a midweek game, you know, it's yeah, been a, yeah, yeah. A, a busy week and a, and, you know, uh, the players hadn't had a lot of time to recover. They hadn't had a lot of time to get the new manager. I think that's what probably why we didn't see as many changes in the in the lineup as some people maybe would have wanted. But yeah, like you say, you can see immediately how different we're playing. I thought just you could see from the way we were playing, like keeping the ball on the ground and building up down the right and through the middle, and uh, not going long, yeah. trusting the players. And I thought what was really surprising for me is when we tried that at times under Harris and. The players looked to run out of ideas. They looked so unconfident. Today, the players really looked confident. They really looked comfortable on the ball and they were taking the game to Stoke, dominating possession. And I thought off the ball as well, the the pressing was really good. Like the Thompson Absolutely. and Bradshaw yeah. just sat on um, and die and, and Allen at times, I think it was, and just pressed the centre-backs whenever there was um, a loose pass or something. You saw Cooper and Hutchinson come in really high up to win those first aerial balls. We just forced Stoke to play long which just, it just plays into our hands. It's something that I thought Millwall should have been doing a lot longer where instead of just sitting off teams, when we press them, if we force teams to go long against us by pressing them really well, against Hutchinson and Cooper and Pierce when he plays, 
not many teams are going to be winning a lot of headers against us. And it just that that really gave us the platform to get the ball in the deck, win it back and just play through that. And I thought the players are really confident and really comfortable doing it. So it's a really positive sign early on. You know, if we can keep working with them, keep working with them, at it, develop it. It's only really going to improve, I can imagine. It's an interesting point. You're right. I've only just thought of it. I didn't see a long ball today. Um, that's that, that, I, I, I can't think of. Um, you know, that was the, that was the Millwall way, wasn't it? And yet today we seem to have adapted. I mean, 40% possession for the Lions, 60% to Stoke, but most of that 60% possession was them being forced from the kind of mid part of our half backwards. The, the number of times yeah. we we pushed them back into their own half. Yeah, it was fantastic saw, um... to see that. I think the stats after the game, I think the second half, we, we struggled at the beginning a, a we lot. We did, yeah. I don't know did. if that was because tiredness of just something, because um, I think Stoke made a change to their formation. They went with a, a three up top rather than the diamond, um, mm. you know, at halftime bringing James McLean on. And I think Millwall maybe struggled still with that a bit. But like you're saying, actually, about the possession Stoke had, I think I looked at the stats after the game and I think that we dominated territory-wise. I think it was 55% territory we had. So like you're saying, for all Stokes' possession that they did have, it was a lot in their half and it was a lot of our players stepping up on them and not letting them play. And, you know, the lack of chances and the lack of anything Stoke really created really was a testament to that. It was a bit like the Leeds game, but even less on the back foot where Leeds had a lot of the ball but didn't create anything. I thought, obviously, yeah. had a lot more of the ball today. But, um, I mean, I again, wondered... just stopping the team creating anything. I wonder whether us pushing Stoke backwards and backwards and backwards was the the defensive football that seemed to do for him and got him got him the sack from Stoke. Maybe that's not the uh, not the high the, the high cuisine that the um, you know the, the Stoke fans demanded after their Premier League. Well, thing, I don't know. I think I'd, there's a, I'd settle there's for a, it. <laughs> yeah, well, I think I think there's a, a difference between negative football and defensive football. I think Harris, when we played well, played defensive football. Which, you know, I, I think defensive football and counter-attacking football are two different yeah. sides to the same coin as well. You know, you look at Leicester winning the Premier League playing, you know, on paper defensive football, but hitting on the break and countering teams. But there's being defensive, being negative. And like you're saying with the long balls, like second half, maybe 20, 25 minutes of it, we were knocking it long. And mm. we just weren't finding Bradshaw. We were really struggling to get out. But I thought what was really interesting to see was Rao, it made um, a slight change when he brought Bud Varson on. Yeah, because I think it was Thompson, was it down injured or someone was down injured, and he brought Hutchinson yeah, over, yeah. gave him a bit of an instruction. Hutchinson then spoke to Malumbi and Thompson, and what you saw was rather than playing where Thompson was playing off the striker, when Bod Barson came on, Thompson and Malumbi kind of played in a line. We went to more of a midfield three with Williams at the base and Malumbi pushing forward a bit, trying to lead that press a bit more. And Thompson, so he just changed the shape really subtly. I thought I noticed it quite clearly where they were pushing in much more of a line with Williams behind them. And I, I thought it was a really subtle change. But as soon as Bodvarsson came on, you saw that with a bit of extra legs up front and yeah. that subtle tweak in midfield, we got back on top of the game and just we saw the game out. We got through that patch and yeah. we just saw the game out. And I thought under Harris, you know, at times people moaned about his substitutions. I thought a lot of the time he was really reactionary. He was really wait for something, maybe the opposition would score, he'd make a change. Wait for something to happen, they'll make a change. Like I feel like that at 60 minutes, Gary Rowett want, went to make the change. Like He, he was proactive with it. He brought Bodvarsson on a lot earlier than we're usually used to seeing someone make a change at the den. Yeah. And he was proactive about it. He didn't want to wait for Stoke to score. He saw that they were building pressure. I think Hutchinson made a challenge on Gregory 
in the six yard box and I saw it um he, he just got his foot on it and that was would have been a tap in for Gregory. I know, I know he's you know he likes a howler Lee Gregory, but I think even he would have finished that <laughs> even he would have finished that one. So that was a crucial, crucial point from Hutchinson. And I think then Rowett was like, right, I need to make this change. And rather than just changing the bodies, he changed the system a bit and it worked. And that was something again, just another positive from seeing how Gary Rowett manages and what he's done to the team. And like saying, forty eight hours in charge you can only imagine it's going to get better. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you know, it, it, it was it was it was a great performance. What a great run and then to obviously win the penalty uh, by Jed Wallace to basically seal the game. I thought I felt a lot more comfortable at 2-0 than I I wasn't itchy. Something you're not used to as a Millwall no. fan. <laughs> comfortable at 2-0. <laughs> I felt a lot more comfortable than I did at 1-0. Um, I thought we controlled the game. We, we, we didn't look in danger, but you never know with, with the Lions at home. But that was a fantastic run. And then obviously to draw the foul and bury the penalty, Ryan. That was, that was a, uh, unbelievable. I, I thought that was a masterclass in penalty taking because he was a, yeah, the, you know, the, to the set, run was himself. phenomenal. The run yeah. was phenomenal like you said, and yeah, to, to finish that penalty, you saw him standing off to the side when he picked the ball up, getting his breath back. And I think he said after the last one that he's just been watching Harry Kane just absolutely hammer him in. Yeah. And uh, no chance. It. No, Yeah, no chance. Never in doubt. And uh, I think that's four and four for him this season. And it's one of those, you know, penalties are as good as anything. And if you're going to be getting in there, I think Jed Wallace on the right with his pace that he has, like he'd been He'd been causing Martin Indies uh, a lot of problem, a lot of problems all game, and that just built up to the penalty where the Stoke defender, you know, he saw he saw him going in there, yeah. and he was like, "I've got a," like he wasn't even near the ball. He he just want he just was like, "I've got to bring him down." He couldn't stop him, and I think that that is the the positive of having Wallace bombing down that right side, where rather than coming in the middle, coming down the left a lot of the time, he gets a bit lost and he he dwindles on the ball maybe at times use his pace. You've got to use his pace. He's electric when he runs. Him and Romeo down that side, especially, when they have a pace run at you, defenders are just going to panic. And it's just going to lead to chances and penalties like it did today. I mean, you mentioned Romeo. I was just trying to pick out a few other names. Ben Thompson, we've, we've, we've touched on. Bradshaw, I thought, put a shift in up front. He didn't have the... Um... The, the chances that might have kept this record going, but he certainly put a lot of effort in. Ben Thompson is Ben Thompson. I mean, a, a, a player that is almost visibly developing in front of our eyes, Ryan. I, I, I mean, I, I wonder where where Ben Thompson will will, will go in, in, in his footballing career because I think he's just becoming more and more of a threat up front. Yeah, it was, um like I say, with the finish, it was class. It was uh, about time he scored a goal, like, not not to get on his back, but, no. you know, I think a lot of Millwall fans were wanting... Um, him to get off the goal. We saw the impact he had last season coming back. And not just the impact he had, but he was a different player when he came back from that loan. When he came into the Millwall team, he was a bit of a ball winner, a bit of a... Yeah. He had the same graft that he has. He came back from Portsmouth and Millwall, I mean, me especially, I was looking at him being like, who is this player? This, yeah. is a, this is a number eight, number nine, or number ten Lampard sort of style player who's running a midfield, getting in the box and getting goals. And he's done that this season and hasn't had the end product so far. But that finish was uh, was quality. And, and you uh, mentioned mentioned Marlon as well. I just want to touch on Marlon. Because I thought that he was a very he was very effective today. Going that the right wing was particularly effective in the first half with Jed and the one two I think led to the opening goal. Yeah, I think he was I think he was really good. He came into a lot of stick during the week. I think with Cardiff's two goals kind of coming off that side. I 
I, I, I'm a really big fan of Marlon Romeo. I've seen a lot of people saying he shouldn't be a right back. He's a right winger. And I think, I, I really think, I think he has the potential to be one of the best right backs in the league. If he, he's not technically the best player. He's got a lot of pace. Yeah. He's, um, he's strong in a tackle. I think I saw a stat from the EFL this week. He had made the most tackles or joint most tackles in that game against Cardiff. There's anyone in the league. I think it was six tackles he made. And I think at times he, he lacks support from Jed. But again, we saw that with Jed being stuck on the right. And obviously, I think under instruction from Rowett to make that side his own, he had a bit of support. So if he did go forward, he had cover. Malumbi slotted in really well covering him. There was a lot of work rate to make sure he was backed up defensively, where sometimes he, it can be his fault. Sometimes he comes up against people and there's not a lot you can do. He's, sometimes he's let down by his teammates. But I, I wouldn't panic in terms of dropping him, in terms of changing his position. I think he's a, a really good quality right back and he just needs the right coaching and the right support around him. And he will he will become a great threat and become solid at the back and a great threat going forward, linking up with Jed Wallace especially. It's incredible what one win can do for you because I'm just looking at the, <laughs> the league table. Um, I, I know we all suffer from... Um, bipolar condition or whatever, whatever. I don't know what the psychiatric, <laughs> the correct medical term is, but we, we all leap up and down. Um, you know, kind of uh, Tuesday night, I'm looking downwards. Now I'm 15th position now after that win today. 18 yeah. points, Ryan. Um, Bristol City in six are only on 23. 23. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Five this points off this... the playoffs, six points off the relegation zone. It, it really can go either Forget way. Forget that. Forget that. We're looking <laughs> upwards, mate. It can um, go either way. No, it is. It is one of those. The championship is tight as ever, especially this season. Absolutely. I think. You get, you get on in a bit of a run in the championship. Everyone knows it. You look at Villa last season, you look at Fulham the year before, you get on, even us, you know, nearly making the playoffs a couple of seasons ago. You get on a bit of a run, you can go places in the championship. So, it's a good start. It's a good start. I think it's it's a danger. Millwall fans sometimes do get a bit of a head themselves and uh, maybe get a bit too down in the dumps when we, things don't go to plan. But it's a good start. It's a positive start that uh, will get a lot of people excited. We wouldn't have it any other way. Big thank Not you to Ryan Loftus. Check out his blog online. I keep, I'm keep i going to keep hammering that, actually. I think Ryan James Loftus, at Ryan James Loftus on Twitch. It's a great blog. Keep Check it out. Big thank you for coming on the show, Ryan. Appreciate Cheers, it. Nick. Pleasure let, you have your, let you have your Saturday night back now, mate. Thank you very much. <laughs> no worries. Cheers, Nick. It's a Sunday morning So there we are, dear listeners. Big thank you to Aaron Paul and to Ryan Loftus for interrupting their Saturday nights to speak to me in the post-2-0 win afterglow today. A few bits and pieces from Twitter just to close out this week's show. Um, James Dorney on Twitter says, Malumbi, I get what the fuss is all about, says James. Brilliant today. Can't believe we've wasted the best part of a quarter of the season smashing balls over his head, says James Dorney. Uh, Jamie Pryor, always always good value, Jamie Pryor. Uh, since Harris left, Neil Harris left, we've scored two goals per game, all from open play or penalties. We are very capable of playing in this division. Rowett, he says, and might be going a little bit far now, Jamie, but I'll go with it with you, mate. Rowett is taking us to the Champions League within five seasons. Mark my words. Jamie, there you have it. A guarantee from Jamie Pryor, Champions League in five seasons. Um, apply to um, 
Peter de Savary to, to cash that in. Um, he's a similar kind of guarantee that he gave us all those years ago. Tony Monday, Jed Wallace is an absolute freak, says Tony. He's almost unplayable when he's on it. Unbelievable engine on, on Jed and never stops. Good win. And we definitely seem to be trying to play the ball about a little bit more now. That's high praise from Tony. It was a a, a critic. I don't, I don't think I'd be stretching it with you, Tony. Would I say you're a critic of the Neil Harris approach? Uh, Dan Wall carries on the, on that theme. He says, if that's how we'll play under Rowett, I'm very happy. But fuck me, how bad was Stoke, Dan? Well, I think we've, I think you're right. We touched on that. Carl Bates, Mill deservedly pick up three points against Stoke. Jed Wallace, Ben Thompson will rightly pick up the plaudits for great performances, says um, BBC Radio. Carl Bates um, and the goals for the goals, but uh, he thought that Jay Malumbi, uh, Jason Malumbi's best game so far, and Sean Hutchinson was rock solid at the back with a sneaky assist for the second. Ash Griffiths, Stoke fan, down sad face here we're making Mill look like fucking Barcelona says Ash Griffiths sad face and finally Paul picks up on uh, the Stoke fans before the game singing Gary Rowett your football is shit and then proceeding to get beat by 2-0 two, two by Gary Rowett's Millwall you love to see it says Paul you do indeed love to see it Paul so big thank you dear listeners big thank you to the guests on t- today's show that's the Millwall news this week Arrivederci Millwall. You've been listening to Octoon Millwall, the CBL Magazine podcast. That's the Millwall news this week, and we are out of here. Achtung, Millwall. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.